Rippy Writes with Brian Scott Rippy. Transcripts can be obtained by drinking a fifth of bourbon, ramming your head through some drywall, and then writing down every thought you have. What is up on a Thursday? I'm Brian Scott Rippy. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippy Writes podcast. We have got an interesting Thursday show for you. Colin Brister hops on to what we thought would be a Mississippi State preview, but then after Tuesday night's debacle against Southeast Missouri State, uh, we got into really a lot of non-baseball stuff, but baseball stuff. And what I mean by that is a lack of pride and really the slow motion car wreck that is this Ole Miss baseball season as the Rebels were embarrassed on their home field by Southeast Missouri um, 11 or 13 to 3. On Tuesday night, we got into you know someone addressing the team after that was not Mike Bianco and uh, where this team goes from here and why we believe that the next time we do one of these shows will be probably an obituary on this 2022 season. And um, yeah, I don't know. We basically just kind of talked about the utter disbelief that this is how this team is going to go out. So um, I think it's an interesting conversation. If you're tired of the whole baseball story, buddy, that makes two of us. Um, if I, if, as I mentioned to Colin on the show, they lose this weekend. We're going to start doing some different stuff with the podcast. There's no need to dive into this twice a week. So uh, we're at the precipice of it, uh, of it all finally being over, it sounds like. Or maybe not. Maybe they take two this weekend and save their season. I uh, tend to lean towards the former rather than the latter, but we shall see. Anyway, interesting conversation, I think, um, that involves some you know, social media toxicity and some other stuff surrounding this team that you guys see with see and hear with your eyes and ears too. So before we get to that though, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by Skybox Sports Picks. Who is Skybox Sports Picks? Well, glad you asked. They're the world's best gambling handicapping website, the inventors of the Skybox Matrix Interval and advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Every time I look up now, Skybox, they just have their new NBA model out that they've tested out, that I say tested out, that they brought out for the playoffs. They've had three two-in-one nights in a row. That's a, a profit. Um, as the NBA playoffs continue to roll on, their baseball package will be up and Adam ready to go at the start of May. We've got uh, NASCAR rolling along. Just because March Madness is over does not mean Skybox is going to stop making you money. They're going to have a picks package to fit your price range. So if you're in the wagering game, you need to use Skybox. You don't want to be the guy that has the man texting him on Sunday night, Monday morning, asking if they can square up. Um, already got the scaries. No one wants that. You want to be texting the bookie asking where your supplementary income is coming from. Skybox is going to do that, lead you to that more consistently than your own brain. That is for sure. They are professionals. It is based on algorithms, not a lean. You have five minutes before tip-off, kick-off, what have you. You get the point. Check them out. Skyboxsportspicks.com. You can do week-long pass, season-long pass, month-long, whatever you fit your price range. I'd recommend just going with the full-on all sports, all access pass. It's going to pay for itself and then some because uh, doing business with Skybox is an investment. But if you're looking for something a little smaller, a little more specific, they're going to have a picks package on their site that fits your price range. That's skyboxsportspicks.com. Use that promo code RIPPY, R-I-P-P-E-E, and you'll get 20% off any purchase. Check them out. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go see Greg. Weather's warming up. It is prom grilling season. And guess who wants to make your grilling experience great? That is LB's Greg. Check him out there. Been in business over there for almost two decades in Oxford. Oxford is so lucky to have a place like LB's. If you're a Rippy Ride subscriber, that's rippyrides.substack.com. You get a free newsletter from me a couple times a week, plus discounted meats. Right now, it's a 16-ounce prime strip for 20 bucks plus a $5 pack of sausage. That's a hell of a way to kickstart your grilling weekend. Just go in there, show Greg proof of subscription. And uh, he'll get you set up and then go find all your own favorites, all kinds of delicious sausages, different cuts of beef. If Greg doesn't have it and you need something, he will get it for you. I can promise you that. He's like a meat sommelier. How about that? So he wants to make your grilling experience great. They got fresh seafood, all kinds of different stuff in there. You need to go check them out. LB's there, University Avenue in Oxford. All right, here is Colin Brister on a listless, lifeless performance and a season on the brink. All right, we now welcome on Rippy Wright's baseball correspondent, Colin Brister. This is a, uh, I guess you could call this a Mississippi State Series preview. That's sure. not really what this conversation is about. Um, I got to be honest with you. So you had a you had a high school game last night, right? Yes. What was your first reaction when you saw the score? Um, so I had like three text messages about it, and it's like because it was some coaching friends. They were like, "Yeah, I know you're playing, but you're gonna be really pissed off when you look at the Ole Miss score." And so I go and see it, and I get to it, and it's down ten. They're down ten to one, 
It's just – I was – last night – so I, I, I will put it like this. Um, I was really, really pissed off Saturday when they got beat, like, like really pissed off. I'm glad we didn't pod that night. And then yesterday, for whatever reason, I was kind of just sad because, like, th- this is it. It's 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 almost done, and it kind of sucks that it, it kind of sucks it's ending this way. Um, I, I don't know. It just it look. There's maybe a miracle run in them, I guess, but it just for whatever reason, it's kind of gonna suck that they're going to go out with maybe his worst team ever. Um, you know, five and ten in the SEC, getting dominated at home by Ohio Valley teams. It doesn't look like there's much life to turn this around either. Um, again, I hope I'm wrong, but it kind of just sucks that this is this is how it's going to go out. It's not even his worst team. Like, you know what I mean? Like talent-wise, no. Yeah, yeah, no, I know what you mean, but like I'm not even yeah. I'm not disagreeing. Like that's the that's the part that makes it even worse. And so last night I have so I'm going on a bad I may have mentioned this on the pod, doesn't really matter. I was I'm going on a bachelor trip this weekend down to the Mississippi Coast. Buddy of mine getting married, wants to go play golf, blah, blah, blah. I'm on my third short week in a row. I had a wedding in Florida the week before. We had so your boss is firing you. Yeah, so I, I am a little, I am a little uh, behind playing catch up at the office, and so I worked a little bit later last night, and I had two errands to run before uh, going home and kind of getting ready for the trip or whatever. And I was like, look, I I, I got to get my life in order. I might flip it on when I get home, but honestly, I'm going to do something else in my time other than watch this. We're not going to learn anything about them playing a midweek game against Semo. And then I get a couple texts when, you know, it gets to – We learned some. Yeah, it gets – I was about to say, we actually turned out to learn a lot. Um, and I get a couple of texts, it's three to nothing, and then it's five nothing when I get back home. And I was like, all right, I'll sit down and watch this and just see how really bad this is. And I got to tell you, man, I watched a lot of bad midweek baseball. I've covered a couple battle Miss teams. You know, 17 comes to mind. I think 15 team wasn't very good, but they played hard. And I saw, I've seen they some – They popped their guts baseball, out. Is my point. Yeah, exactly. And – it was as lifeless and lethargic of an effort as I've ever seen. I mean, there wasn't anyone in the stands. It never got better. There was no run in them, right? Like, it's, you know, that 19 team that slept walked through a lot of that regular season, they had a couple times in the midweek, like, I'm sure I'm just making these up, but something to the effect of, like, Arkansas State dropping five on them. And then it's like, okay, they're going to yeah. out. They scored, you know, four in the fifth and, you know, three in the seventh. And it's like, you know, disaster averted. There was nothing, man. Like, it never got any better until they put so, a damn football player out, and he had a home game. It got worse and worse, and I hate to do this. when I'm always hesitant to do this because it's 18-year-old, you know, to 22-year-old college kids, and they don't do this for a living. But there was a complete lack of a sense of pride. It was embarrassing, I'll say it. Like, it was an absolute joke to watch it, and I, I don't know why anyone would pay hard-earned money to watch that kind of effort. I'll be damned to score. 365 days ago. Um, if I had told you Ole Miss was down five to nothing in the second inning, would you would you say pretty confidently uh, Ole Miss would win that game against Southeastern Missouri? Yeah, of course. I did just figured they either tried someone out new in the midweek, or they're a little weaker on the midweek pitching, and like whatever, get the kid out, and you know, or if they have a terrible night offensively and they lose six four, it's like okay, that was a dud. They got yeah, sure. Rains beat in over and over and over again. I, it's bad. It's as bad as I've seen it, and then then I I really don't know. Um, I tried to actually go back and because I guess my glutton for punishment, just so I could talk about it a little bit. I went back and watched some of it. Um, it's as bad as I've ever seen it. Just from from a defensive standpoint, they're not any good. Um, I'll say this too. It look, um, just this is kind of I, I, I guess. Minutia, but like Peyton Shot, yeah, just needs to play every day. I, I get it. The kid's not hitting, but guess what? Nobody else is either. And guess um, what? He, besides, gives he plays his ass off. Put him in the lineup. I don't care. I don't, I don't care. Put him at first base. But I'm being a little facetious there. But at least, by God, I know he's going to play hard. Um, I, some of these cats, I question whether they're playing hard or not. And I, and I, you can't answer that question watching on, you know, a thirty second delay on watch ESPN, but. Um, there's, there's just some stuff that it, it doesn't look like some of these cats are playing overly, uh, aggressive to put it lightly. Oh, it's, 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 yeah. I mean, like that was the, that was my takeaway from last night. It's like, it looked like a team that had folded in and quit. And let me ask you this. If that 2018 team pulls that crap with Nick Fortes, how many people get hurt? <sighs> oh man. 
and that's like not, with Nick Fortes and Thomas Dillard and Cooper Johnson, people get hurt with that. And it's not that again, you you're the best exa- you're using the best example in Fortes, but he's not the he wasn't the only guy on that team that would be kind of in that camp of like this isn't gonna fly. Like, look, Dillard wasn't always the most vocal guy, but he gave a damn. I'm trying to think who else was on that team. Was that Will Golson senior year? I yeah, guess yeah, was, it was Golson's last year. Yeah, he wasn't a real vocal guy, but oh, Link. Yeah, oh, oh, my God. Yeah, Olenek can – like, look, you let Golson go out his senior year that way, that kid had been a part of some bad teams, some good teams. He'd seen it all, but he at least been on the field. Like, he, I can't imagine being a senior on this team and this being my last shot and then watching, like – we'll get to the Ben Van Cleef part of the second, but just watching the way it ends and no one really cares. I mean, it's 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 rough, man, and it's it, – I don't know what to say about it. I guess last night it looked like a team that folded. Like, leaving South Carolina, I just thought, hmm, this team isn't really good, and they, you know, they were – uh, I would say undercut a little bit by a couple of poor managerial decisions in a must sure. game, but they just aren't good enough. I didn't think they'd quit or mailed it in. Last night I was the first time I thought, okay, this team has mailed it in for the year, which is is mind-blowing to me given everything that is still on the line to just kind of mail it in with that effort and not care. It, it's It's mind-blowing to me, and it speaks to a sense of fragility that you've seen bubble with this team really from the Tennessee series on, and it's just gotten worse. I mean, can you imagine? They haven't really been the same since the Tennessee series. Can you imagine carrying themselves with the arrogance they carried themselves with, being number one in the country, which we know is now a pretty fraudulent ranking, getting swept at home one time and just folding up like a tenth? I mean, they're two Dylan Dylan Delusia heroic performances away from being 1-11 in SEC play during that span since the Tennessee series, or since the Auburn series, excuse me. Like, it's – it's I just can't fathom. That's a really good point. I didn't think about it like that. So, what's the one – oh, the Kentucky game. Uh, the yeah. Sunday game. They pulled out and they, they hit it well, and credit to them for that. But that's the only other game. There are two heroic performances from that, from being 1-11 since the Auburn series, and I just can't imagine that being the uh, – like, I don't know, your reaction to your first taste of adversity. It just speaks of softness. So, uh, did you – have you heard about – Because all right, let me put this in perspective. I get home last night, and I, I follow the stat broadcast to the end, and, and then I pull out and tune in uh, to listen to Mike's postgame, you know, radio conversation. And they kept having to go to break because Mike wouldn't cut off his talk with his team. And I don't blame him, by the way. Um, I heard and, – and you may know more. I heard that was a uh, – there, there, there was there was a uh, – a lot of yelling in that that conversation last night, and I don't know if Mike's usually like that anymore. Like I know he's, he probably gets after kids a little bit, but I heard last night was a uh, was a special. There are various different types of uh, post game meetings after losses, um, and it's actually one of the unique things about college baseball, or I, I say college baseball, probably just the old old Miss setup. I don't know how anyone else does it, but I mean you've been out there in a couple of those. There's yeah. no press room or no press area. Like other no. than sometimes when it's raining, we go in the dugout. We're standing a handful of feet um, away from them. And look, the music's playing. They play that stupid celebration song over and over and over. They play last night. Yeah, I was about to say it's not a bad song, but when you hear it, you know, forty times a year when they're good, it gets a little old. Point being, um. <laughs> Most of the time when the music dies down and those guys that are blowing the uh, leaf blowers or whatever they're doing to the dirt or grass, you can kind of hear Mike. And a lot of times it's short and it's to the point that's usually after, you know, close loss, something like that. It's like, okay, they still got a series to win or whatever. Um, sometimes even with lethargic performances in the midweek, he just kind of thinks, ah, whatever. We'll like, let's not harp on this too much. It's kind of, uh, you know, we didn't have come out with great energy, got to be better, whatever. And then there's times where he absolutely rips them. And it's long, and you can hear him yelling, and you know it's pretty clear what's going on. I don't know what happened last night clearly because I don't work like that in that capacity anymore. Um, I saw, I read Chase's story to where it was eight to nine minutes. I got to be honest with you, man. I'm sure there was some yelling into it, but at this point, can, like I guess in my mind, it was it just yelling, or was it? This is up to you guys. I don't know what else to do. Like that's what you. That's just it's. it's to I don't know point, what else right? to say. I wouldn't know what else to say if I'm in Mike Bianco's shoes. So what does screaming at them for eight minutes do? I don't. I'm not saying that's what happened or what didn't happen. I'm not questioning his decision to do so or not to do so. But in a speech that lasted that long, lasted that long, Chase said eight nine minutes. At a certain point, this point in the season, there had to be just some. This is up to you. I can't do anything else with you guys. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah, you just – at some point, they either take ownership of this or, or, or they don't. Um, I, there, were, there are a lot of guys that have come through this program 
um, that five and ten would piss them off until no end. Um, and and look, there's a lot of guys I'm sure on this team that are pissed off and want to play well. And and and, and I'm not, you know, look, there, there's there's obviously guys that are playing extremely hard. You, you, I mean, you can't convince me that Tim Elko is not playing his tail off or Kevin Graham or Justin Bench. Or, and, I, and I'm not leaving anybody out on purpose. I'm just naming guys. But it, it just, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like there's the dude that stands up, that, that plays every day, um, and, and we'll get to that in a minute, um, and just says, hey, hey this, this shit is, is not okay. Um, the, the fact that we're 5-10 and in the, the league and, you know, um, getting embarrassed by southeastern Missouri is that's an embarrassment, and 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 the Ole Miss baseball program is better than that, um, and it just doesn't feel like that guy's out there. And you can't like blame a Tim Elko or a Justin Bench for not having that personality, but the reality is like out of your nine starters, you don't have one dude that's that, that's kind of like that. Um, feels like that's just a problem for when things get bad, and um, I don't know it. Maybe Doug Nikhazy was the greatest leader of all time. Um, I'm I'm starting to just think that. You're right. And it's a like this conversation has been a bit of a recurring issue throughout the last, at least since I was working. Like I remember a couple of different teams. It's like, do these guys have enough, for the lack of a better phrase, you know, assholes or hard asses or whatever you want to phrase it as. In the past, like the past couple of teams, like there was a point in the 19 team where you'd question that. And there was a couple. Um, and I, there's probably another one in there that I'm mi- missing, but like there was one or two. This team doesn't have any. Like I remember yeah. comparing it to state where it's like they got five guys and Mangum was always the epitome of it. But like they have a bunch of dudes like that. Ole Miss has lacked so, enough of them in the past. It doesn't feel like they have any of them. And that's a, that's a real problem. And at this point, you know, look, is, is Mike shaking up the lineup going to really do anything? No. no, but like just for the principle and like pride's sake, why wouldn't you just play the dudes that care? Like oh, that's kind of oh, what I'm, I'm in on that. Ben Van Cleve and Peyton Shotney would start Friday if it were for me. Hell, Tywon Malone might start. Um, I, I don't care at this point. I, I will say this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, well, I'll, I'll just say this. Um, I am thankful that they're playing Mississippi State this weekend. And, and for no other reason, by God, you'll figure out if they've quit or not. If, if Mississippi State walks into Swayze and punks them, this team is so far done. And I don't mean it just from a math standpoint. Like, like, yeah, obviously, if Ole Miss loses this series, they're done. Like, we, we, can, put a, we can put a bow on it. This thing's over. Um, but if Ole Miss loses this series or looks like they are lethargic and don't care against the team that they haven't won a series against since 2005 and they've lost six straight in Oxford to, um, then they've quit. Like, like it's, it's to that point. You will know after – you will know on Sunday at about 5 o'clock whether this team still gives a damn or not. Yep. I think it's a perfect mirror image, and we'll, I want to get to a little bit of that more in a second, but you're talking about the guy that doesn't play every day, um, you know, not stepping up and saying this is unacceptable. You know who did address the team last night? Yeah. Ben Van Cleef. Spoke to the team for a couple minutes. It looked like after – it sounded like it was while Mike was talking to the media, so Bianco wasn't present for it. And it's, one, credit to Ben Van Cleef for, like, doing something about it. Yeah. Two, it's also telling that it's a guy that had really fallen by the wayside in terms of rotation and playing time and being in the mix and being a contributor for this team, that he's the one doing it. Because you mentioned, like, it's kind of alarming. They don't have a guy that's a regular everyday player that's doing that. And I'll just phrase it to you this way. Do you think Ben Van Cleve's last year of college baseball is going the way he wants to individually, personally? No. Of course not. Is he? You think if Ben Van Cleve was moping about that fact of it, the individual side of it not going well for him, do you think he makes this speech and addresses the team last night? Also, no. That guy just doesn't want to go out this way. I, I'm not putting no. words in his mouth. I haven't spoken to Vin Van Cleve. Um, I would say a couple well-embedded moles would have told. Uh, I feel pretty good about saying I don't think it was the nicest speech in the world he gave. And good, like I don't. Like, I mean that in a good way. No, I wouldn't be real nice either. Yeah, I don't think it was coddled either. And so if he's going to kind of give them that hard-nosed speech about, like, hey, what what are we doing here? Despite, you know, him having a season and really to little fault of his own for what he actually is as a player, he just kind of, like, was the odd man out. For him to do that, like, that's both credit to Vin Van Cleve, as I keep saying, but that's also alarming that it's no one else and that it is Vin Van Cleve. Like, it's a guy that hasn't yeah. had a great year in terms of his personal success and his opportunity, but – He's the one doing it? Like, what What are we doing here? 
Yeah, no, it's, that's a great way to put it. Um, not a regular starter by any stretch of the imagination. A pinch hit option, maybe an occasional DH option is the guy that's, you know, the, the guy that's also never put a glove on and played in the field at Ole Miss in a, in a regulation game. Um, he's the guy that, that has to stand up and rally the troops. And like you said, credit to the kid for doing that. Um, just kind of maybe says a lot that, you know, nobody else wants to stand up and do that. And, and people will take that probably as like we're we're blaming like a, a, a bench or an Elko. It's like, no, those, those those guys don't have the personality where they just stand up and, and, and I don't feel like uh, just from, from knowing and hearing things about Tim, he, he seems like a straight up class dude. Um, but you got to have like somebody in your starting lineup's got to be a little bit of a jerk. And it just doesn't feel like they've got anybody that's a little bit of a jerk. This team would kill for a, uh, you know, a Cooper Johnson or a Ryan Olenek just from an attitude standpoint. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, it's part of, I mean, that's part of why last night happened. Look, if they are, if they had lost last night eight to seven and you're thinking, man, you know, because they had the, the and it's not like that all of these guys would have pitched last night, but they're going to be down two guys this weekend. It sounds like John Gaddis had an appendectomy. Um, yeah. So he was, he was in the hospital. Doherty had a death in the family and then Washburn had the uh, illness. So it's like, if they lose like eight, six last night, it's like, damn, this team's just not very good. They can't get it out and just nothing's going right for them last night. But it was the way it happened last night and how it looked. And like, if you had had the people we are talking about or a couple guys with that mindset, I firmly believe, and I know it's hard to quantify and it sounds dumb that last night wouldn't have happened. Like it just, it just wouldn't, I don't think. And so I don't know where they go from here. It certainly looks like a team that folded over, and I, I don't I don't even know what to say regarding, like, the State Series aspect of it because, to be completely honest, based on that effort the other night, are they going to win a game out of these four? Uh, yeah, they'll win a game just because – and it, it's not because they're going to play well. It's just that I don't think the State's necessarily any good either. Um, I'm not betting on more than two. I'll say that. So, um it's oof. it's it's so bad right now. It's as toxic. Let me ask you this. I had this conversation. Outside of Matt Luke and Houston Nuts last year's, is this as toxic of an Ole Miss sports season you ever seen? Because AK's last year to me wasn't toxic. Like everybody just kind of knew. This this feels like just because of how last summer went and everything, this, this feels toxic at this point. Sure, I'm glad you went there because I was going to in a uh, like pretty much next anyway. Like it's, I try not to uh, put much stock into like what gets said and done on social media and all that because it's generally just all a waste of time and nonsense sure. and doesn't like accurately reflect things. But you know, we've brought up the Austin Anderson part of this uh, before, and Austin Anderson, <laughs> love the guy or hate the guy, <laughs> went on another rant. Um, it started with, you know, Derek Diamond had a tweet. I'll just pull it up to, for accuracy's sake. Um, Derek Diamond on Saturday night or Sunday, it doesn't really matter, said it hurts to, after they lost that game. It hurts to lose, but landing in Oxford feels like a warm hug. I love this place. Um, Austin Anderson screenshotted that and said, when you're, well, when your opening day Friday night starter tweets this, you know your team is uh soft hashtag five and ten so look diamond seems like a nice kid he's also kind of in that camp of probably not having that personality to go yell and cuss and you know exclaim that this is not acceptable austin anderson probably has a point to some degree was it kind of a you know jackass move kind of harsh whatever you want to call it do it yes but he's also got a point and so, you know, that drew some reaction. And honestly, like, most of it was positive. And, look, I'll put it to you this way. One of the very few negative reactions to that tweet was just some burner account. This shows how stupid the internet is. Like, Henry Rowengarter, the kid from uh, – what is that? What's the uh, the, oh. the Cubs pitcher movie? It doesn't – Oh, Mer no. Oh, God. Oh, I was going to say Little Big League, but that's not what it is. It's like – I don't know. It doesn't matter. Here we go. Uh Damn it, damn it. Rookie of the year. I knew it was rookie something. Okay, there we go. I mean, look at how many baseball players like the tweet. Reagan Burford's on there. I think there may have been one more. It's like, what, what are you doing with your time? One. And that account has like three tweets. It reeks of burner. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. But like, good Lord, that's what you're wasting your time on. And I guess when you talk about the toxicity of it, the toxic nature, 
like to to kind of go elsewhere with it, Wes Burton had a tweet today about uh, Roosevelt's man in the arena speech um, from 1910. And for those of you, I imagine this is the most overly out of context used uh, presidential speech in probably the history of the sport. And it's look, the <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt's the, the man in the arena. It's basically like, you know, the most cowardly way to go through life is a sneer and, you know, the man in the arena has more courage than the critic who sits on the side. That's the general context of the speech. Wes Burton puts that out. And I mean, I, this was just me kind of being a, a, a smart aleck, but I texted that to you and was like, really? Like, does last night count as being in the arena? Because like, that's kind of the entire point. If this team just stunk and they weren't very good, the 15 teams stunk. They had bad losses, but was anyone you know, kind of ripping them for their effort? No. Like the whole point is, yeah, it's one thing, like, it's easy to criticize on the side and whatever, the whole man in the arena aspect of it. But, like, if the man in the arena doesn't care and isn't trying, does that count? Because that, that doesn't seem like an applicable analogy when you go out there and put together that performance that you did against a very average Ohio Valley school in SEMO. They didn't lose 8-7, to seven, like I keep saying. They lost 11-1 to one and got embarrassed and showed zero fight. So, like, you know, what's the, the – I, 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 I wasn't going to do the thing where I was going to pull up the speech, but – you know, it's talking about the guys battered and sweat and at least he's trying. That's the whole question. Are these guys trying? Some of them are. Uh, and to be clear, some of them are, yes. are playing as hard as they can. Um, I've seen teams play harder. I'll say that. Um, and it's, it's hard to, you know, like I said, say on watch ESPN, hey, these guys don't care at all. Oh, no, they, they care. And baseball is a sport when you're getting beat 13 to 3 by an Ohio Valley school. It looks like you don't care. Um, but I, I will say this, um, there are past Ole Miss teams that they wouldn't get beat 13 to three by an Ohio Valley team. It, it wouldn't get to that point, if that makes sense. Um, now they may get beat 13 to nine because they may not be able to pitch it worth a dang. Um, but, but by God, they would have showed up on one side of, I mean, they, Brian, they didn't play well in any facet of the game. Like, Literally, anyone besides Tywon Malone or John Kramer, nobody played well. Um, and that is hard to do um, against an Ohio Valley school on a Tuesday night. It's uh, – yeah, it's it, – there are, there, there are teams that fought their guts out um, over Mike Bianco's 22-year tenure. And I don't think in five years I'm going to look back and say, yeah, that, that 22 team fought their guts out. I, I don't think that's going to be uh, the mantra regarding this team. Certainly not if the season ended today. And based on this past effort, like it, it kind of seems like they're just going to go out with the whimper and that be the end of it and be the end of the Bianco era, which is so mind-blowing to me. Because I swear, and maybe I just have a short memory, I think the closest it got to this was in 19. where oh, This is absolutely a burner account, by the way. I'm reading through it. This is absolutely a burner account. That's good. Um, you know, I wonder how many errors that burner account has on the year. Um, but like, to, I guess what I'm getting at is the closest <laughs> I got to 19 was just like, remember that they had the Black Monday and they slept through, walked through parts of the uh, 2019 regular season. It was just a weird year. And then toward the late May, they got off into a really bad way, swept by state. The Tennessee thing, I've used uh, the Road Tennessee series. I've used this example countless times. But at least they, like, tried different things and fought and actually turned it around. That team didn't make Omaha. It actually was kind of a valiant effort to make it to where they did. But that was the closest it's ever gotten in terms of – I remember them leaving that Tennessee series. I was like, I guess this is it. This is over. These guys are just going to go out. And they – you know, to their credit, they threw one more punch. I have zero faith in this team to throw one more punch. And, you know, I guess on top of that, to give people a a little bit of a history lesson there – the Teddy Roosevelt uh, man in the arena speech came after two successful terms as president. He's on a world tour through Africa and Europe. And the whole context and the whole point of the speech was his whole mantra of it's not in a republic, in a democratic republic or in a free society. It's not the intellect of the individuals that comprise the society. It's the dedication, the work ethic, and kind of the desire to be great. And so this team kind of has a bunch of dudes that were pretty arrogant for no reason and thought they knew it all. So it's like the entire like Wes Burton tweet seems like a good kid. I don't mean to pick on him. Is just dripping no. irony because the whole point of that man in the arena speech, or at least the larger part of it, if you go read the full one and everything else that happened to Roosevelt in 1910 on that tour was it's not about like how smart everyone is individually. 
it's about kind of the collective work ethic and, you know, trying to be great or whatever. And that's, I just think in the context of that, I think it's hilarious because it's just like, oh, this sounds nice. I'll tweet it out after we got embarrassed 11 to 1. Do you think, and I'm just putting you know, this out there, do you think that they showed up possibly in September and said, hey, we returned the entire offense. This this will just go like it went last year. Um, we'll just show up, and we're going to be the same offense we were last year, and, uh, you know, hopefully they'll pitch it, and that we'll win a whole bunch of games because we're going to swing the crap out of it. Because, like, I think as, as, as people that are around the team and follow the team, um, that's pretty much my mindset. It's like, hey, uh, this is one of the best offenses in the SEC last year. They're going to show up. They're going to do what they do. And um, they're going to score eight runs a game, and everybody's going to be happy. Or they're going to win, you know, 18 SEC games, host a regional, maybe host a Super Bowl, get to Omaha. And, but the problem is, like, I don't swing the bat. I don't, I don't have to lay down a bunt or, you know, take an opposite field approach on a breaking ball. I don't have to do any of that. So I can think like that. You think maybe that crept in some of the into some of the players' minds because I mean it, I, I guess human nature would probably tell you that it did after looking at the past what thirty games or so. It, it's exactly what the whole years felt like. I mean, to, to collectively as a team, yes, they were a good offense last year, but the, like the, they haven't done anything and they carried themselves that way the entire time, as if they were kind of some unconversation. Like it'd be, it'd be one thing like if they were if. 2013 state returned everyone. Remember they lost to UCLA mm-hmm. in the national yeah. title game. Um, and like if that if that was the case, and they brought everyone back, and it like they just kind of assumed they were going to roll through everyone. This team collectively had not done anything. I mean, congrats on taking two at Orlando at UCF, and you were fortunate to get out of that one with the six years win. Like they just carried themselves with this unwarranted confidence. And you know, we talked about whether uh, whether the uh, Tennessee series would humble them, and it kind of just made them go into a shell and deject it. Like they were kind of just dejected and they never really recovered. And I just can't imagine having that lack of mental fortitude where some team kind of puts you in your place and there's no, there's no rebound. Like, I mean, I wrote on Sunday, like this old Miss team was kind of pushed to the brink after South Carolina. And that's your response. The effort that you gave the other night. Like I just, my God, I, don't, I mean that we could talk about this all night, but it's just, it, it's a mindset of completely unwarranted arrogance, and it reeks of a bunch of dudes that just don't seem like they get it, to be honest. And I'm sure they're all good people and good kids, but if I'm just talking collect, like just strictly in a sports sense and as it relates to this team, it just seems like a team with a completely unwarranted sense of confidence that hasn't realized that they're actually not that good, actually not good at all, honestly. Well, I mean, it, hell, if they don't realize that they're not very good at this point, um, then they just have a self-perception problem. Um, as a collective unit because five and 10 and last in the West tells you, you're probably not very good. I don't know. I, would it's, uh, that. I don't know. It's as, it's as bad as I've seen it. And, and I'll say this, don't show up this weekend and you're going to get, you're going to get embarrassed. You will get embarrassed. Uh, don't show up on next, next Tuesday. You'll get embarrassed again. It's uh, I don't know. It's this weekend to me, like the hell will the NCAA tournament? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I hope Ole Miss win what you know nine SEC games. They go nine and six and get in and get three seed and uh, wherever Louisville or whatever. Um, I don't even know if they're hosting um, Southern Miss. Doesn't make it easy, but uh, I I don't really care about the NCAA tournament at this point. Like, if you can't go try your best to beat a school that has beat you in series what four five times in a row. They've swept you two times in a row in Oxford. You haven't beat them in Oxford in seven years since 2015. I was if a sophomore in college, in case anyone was wondering. You can't go play pissed off and try to beat them, then you're done. And, like, like that says a lot about maybe you just, like, as, you know, how much you want to play baseball at Ole Miss right now. So, and so that's why I'm glad they played Mississippi State this weekend. This, this to me, is, is not about the NCAA tournament. Like, yeah, we can discuss, you know, where they stand after this weekend or whatever. But um, as far as going in this, I just want to see them play hard. And, and, I, and that's, like, hard to say for me as, as, as someone that's followed Ole Miss baseball for 22 years because I've never had to say, look, I, I've questioned a lot of stuff about Ole Miss baseball over 22 years of fandom. Never had to say, damn, I wish they'd play hard. Um, but it kind of feels like we're at that point right now. 
Oh, in terms of effort, it's 2011 Houston Nut Football-esque. I'll go You want to talk about a team that actually quit. And the last thing before we get to the state part of it, because I think you keep making a good point in that regard, is the more and more I thought about this, and we've had this conversation I feel like it's been brewing for a bit. Um, someone outside my window just, like, I'm about to go on a Loud Pipes rant. Is Loud Pipes guy, like, there's so many of these Loud Pipes dudes in Texas. <laughs> Like is that ever is that ever worked for anyone? What is loud pipes guys like? Has someone ever got the date? As to say, has any girl been like, did you hear how loud that guy's truck pipes are? Holy! Can I get his number? Like, I, I, you love loud noises. I don't get it anyway. I'm leaving that in. We're not editing that part out. Um. So, oh man, this might be the angriest podcast ever. Um. So no, it's was, not topping that Sunday in Starkville. Yeah. <laughs> It's not topping that one. Someone on the message board uh, was asking for the hot board podcast, and then they said, if not, something relative to the Sunday pod after Starkville will suffice. <laughs> I need to go back and just listen to that. Who would have thought it came one podcast later? Because I felt like Sunday was just confusion. Um, <laughs> boy, being, I've, we've talked about this and like kind of like the lack of leadership on this team. And I just wonder – if not for Doug Nikhazy, did Doug Nikhazy just was the glue that held this program together the last three years? Because the 19 team probably falls off in a bad way without Doug Nikhazy. 21, certainly, after the Gunnar Hoagland injury, kind mm-hmm. of probably crumbles after Nikhazy. Was he the common denominator in this occurrence not happening sooner? Is that a crazy theory? Well, and I don't even – so, no, it's not a crazy theory. But I wonder if, if Doug was just the dude, like, he looked – you. you as a player on the team, if you're a Peyton Shatner, you're a Justin Bench, you're a TJ McCants, you're a Jacob Gonzalez, Tim Elko, Hayden Dunhurst, Kevin Graham, all those dudes, like, he doesn't even have to say anything. It's, hey, we lost a tough game. Doug's going to go pitch. He's going to give up one run in seven innings. We're going to win, and we're going to feel good. They don't really have that dude. You know, like, yeah, I'm sure Doug probably would say a lot if they got beat 13-3. Don't get me wrong. But it – Doug was just so good and so calm and, like, nothing bothered him that he was just going to go kick your ass the next day and everybody was going to be back on board and it was going to be fine. If they had a dude on Saturday right now that every time they lost on Friday night because they've become really good at losing on Friday night, they've got that down pat, um, that was just going to go kick somebody's teeth in the next day, I think this team obviously would be a lot better off. Yeah, Doug was obviously, like I said, and, and like you alluded to, he was a great leader and all that. But the reality is, like, he was just going to go kick your teeth in and, you know, was going to make series 1-1 and we're going to go play on Sunday. And, and, and right now, like, when they lose that first game of the series, um, like they've done, you know, last week in, in Alabama, they don't have the dude on Saturday that's just going to go kick your teeth in and get everything and make everything okay. Yep. And, you know, part of that is just being like, there, there's like you mentioned, oh my God, you mentioned that part of it. There's just an element that Doug was really good. And so there was a confidence that came with knowing he was taking the ball. But he was also a good leader on top of that. And this team, I mean, it really lacks both. And that's a, yeah. that's a real, real issue. And, you know, I, I, I guess I'll put it to you this way, man, as we go into this weekend, look, um, if this goes the way we think it goes, We'll write the obituary on Sunday. We'll do a couple hot board podcasts in between. But I was telling you before, a little inside baseball. I was just like, there's no need for us to keep doing this twice a week. Like this, this is this. No one wants to hear about this. this is a waste of everybody's time. And like that's, I just like I, a part of me still wonders, like, is this really how they're going to? That's, go? I have that same. You have that too, same like, thought. Like I, I'm not. I'm not in denial. About are it. they really going to die off like this? Yes. Is this <laughs> really it? It's a one yeah, thing. Not it, good. If they lose two out of three this weekend, and it's you know, it's over. Ten, but 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 if it's ten six five four and six three, something competitive, like it's like okay, this team's just not good enough. I, I, I'm fully confident they're going to die off in a way that looked more like Tuesday night, to where it's like these guys don't care, and I think that's kind of a shameful way to go out. I it was why I was so pissed off um, the Sunday after Alabama, and it wound up not mattering, um, but. When they lost that Sunday, the, going into that day, I knew they were, what, um, four and whatever, four and seven. Um, but I just – yeah, we've been four and seven. I just felt like at that time, like, this team's got a run in them at some point. Like, they're too good to just keep screwing around. Um, 
after last weekend at South Carolina, I've got less confidence that they've got to run in them. And after last night, I've got a whole lot less confidence that they've got to run in them. Is there a world where they win this weekend, win one at Fayetteville, and then maybe sweep a Missouri? And you look up after, uh, you know, with two series left, and you got an 11 and 13 record. Yeah. Like, that's not the craziest thing I've ever seen a team do. Um, but it starts this weekend. Like, I don't. I, I know what you're saying. Like, is there a world where they lose two or three and you think, you know, hey, they're just not good enough? Yeah, but if they lose two or three this weekend, they're not tough enough to make uh, make a run at that point. To me, like, I, like the math doesn't work in your favor. Um, and quite frankly, if you can't win two this weekend on double-decker against your rival um, with your season on the line and, and your coach's job on the line, I mean, I don't think we're telling any, you know, state secrets that, you know, might be ankle if they don't turn this around, probably in a little bit of trouble. Um, that if you can't win two this weekend, the hell with the math. You just you you're not getting it done. You don't you don't have the 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 pride at that point to get it done. That's what I'm getting at. It's it's we're saying two different versions of the same thing. Like I guess what I was getting at, like hypothetically, if they lost in the fashion that I laid out, it's like okay, this team isn't just good enough. But I fully anticipate they're going to lose in kind of an embarrassing and lethargic way. I hope I eat my words on that. But that's yeah. what Tuesday night said to me, and that's kind of what's been brewing for the last couple of weeks. And you know, you mentioned after the Alabama series, and we talked about this off air too. It was like I think they have a run in them. I I didn't necessarily disagree, even though they couldn't really get anybody out. And we talked about, well, is this offense really going to stink this long? It. it to me, that part of it is irrelevant. Are they talented enough, despite their pitching struggles at times, to go on a little bit of a run and get into the tournament? Are they talented enough to go 9-6 and six down the stretch and get in the NCAA tournament? I still think so, despite all their woes. But the it's the it's the mental part of this team and the way they carry themselves that it puts the confidence, which are, from a sheer ability standpoint of their – ability to go nine and six down the stretch i'll put it this way i'd put it at like 40 percent because that's a really tough ask yeah. given their schedule 40 ish when you factor in last night which is just the poster child of this team's mindset and the unwarranted confidence and the softness part of it to me it goes down to like two percent that, that, that's a complete non-starter and it has very little to do with their talent level and i think that's unfortunately going to be the story of this 2022 old miss rebels baseball team and it's a shame. And look, I can't speak for anything because I didn't play competitive sports past, you know, a junior high level outside of one unfortunate mishap in high school basketball that's been well documented. But as just someone who's been around sports and competition, it would pain me to go out in such a way. And it seems like there's a collective level of not everyone, but a collective level of contentness just to wither away. Yeah. Um, it, it, I don't know. I don't know any better way to say it. Look, you know, there, there's guys on that field that are playing their tails off. The, the, the Tim Elko's the world, the Justin Bench of the world. Uh, there, there's some guys you look at them and you know they're giving everything you have. It just it, it just feels like at some point, though, that, you know, maybe not everybody's busting it. Um, and I'm not going to call any names up. It's unfair to kids. But, but it just feels like at some point, if you're, it, if you're playing your tails off, you don't get beat. If everyone's putting in everything they have after losing a series uh, to South Carolina uh, that you probably shouldn't have lost, you don't get beat by 10. You don't almost get run ruled by Southeastern Missouri uh, at Swayze Field if everybody's busting it. I don't know. It's um, it's tough. It's it's as bad. And, and I, I hope – I really do. I, I do mean this. I hope it doesn't end like this. Um, Mike Bianco, for all his faults, has never – bombed the season at Ole Miss. Never. Um, 2002, I believe, was 13 and 17. Uh, 2011 was 13 and 17. Um, I'm pretty sure. And then 2017 was 13 and 17. That was his worst preseason. Um, those teams barely missed out on the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm not sure that I know this team is getting the 13 win. Again, I hope I'm wrong because, again, for all his flaws, he's never bombed the season. And I would hate to see um, this end on like an eight and twenty-two or nine and twenty-one. Um, this this just it just feels like it, it's it's heading that direction if someone doesn't doesn't step up from a leadership aspect and kind of just fix it. 
Um, no, you're exactly right. And but what's the difference with like what was the common thread with those two 13 and 17 teams? It went to the bitter end. Ole Miss lost. Yes, dude. 2011. Um, they played a doubleheader against Arkansas on the last day. They lost the doubleheader. If they win one game, they make the SEC tournament. They make the NCAA tournament. Yes, exactly. And then remember in 17, they go 13 and 17, and you thought they maybe did enough, but like, can they win? No, that? they actually went 14 and 16 that year. I forgot that. And then, but you're right. They, uh, I was looking back at Mike's Wikipedia, but they go to the SEC tournament with a chance. And they lose a tough game to Auburn to where, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly, I can't remember if it was Burns or whatever ace Auburn. They threw Mize. Mize. That's what it was, right? It was Casey Mize. And Auburn, if I remember the context of this game correctly, didn't really have to. Like, I think Auburn was sitting somewhat comfortably. They were fine. Yeah. But they did anyway. And Ole Miss lost that game, what, like 5 2, 4 3, something, somewhere in that. Yeah, it was game. close. And they, but they put up a fight. And even like I remember O'Lennon yanked a home run down the left field mm-hmm. line in the ninth inning, and they just didn't have enough. And Mike stumped for their case after the game. But the point being, it came down to the wire. This team's just going to kind of wither away and it not even be close. It's going to be a 9 and 21, 10, 20 situation. And that's the difference of those teams. And I think that's probably the kind of the, the crux of our point of this collective, po- like this whole podcast at this point is. Mike's got all of, uh, plenty of flaws as a manager, and maybe he takes some responsibility for the way this team's mindset and locker room environment or whatever is going on with them is. But at the end of the day, this is not because he's making blunders on a week-in, week-out basis. He just has a bunch of guys that I'm not sure are really mentally in it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great way to put it. It's uh, We've been at this about an hour, and we have talked about, what, five words about Mississippi State? So. Yeah. Uh, not 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 really a Mississippi State preview. Frankly, I can't preview Mississippi State. I don't really know what they have. I haven't watched a ton. Um, I'll go with you. I've, watched, I've actually watched a little bit of Mississippi State, but I can't just from a first-name basis tell you what they look like. I'll go. It, it, it follows the same parallel. This preview is going to follow the same parallel of what we've exactly been talking about. Mississippi State is not a good baseball team this no. year. And they have reasons for it. They lost two weekend starters, including their ace, mm-hmm. Landon Sims, which from a sheer college baseball entertainment standpoint, when he went down, that just was a huge bummer. That guy's a ton of fun to watch pitch. You know, when you heard the news of it was an elbow thing, it was like, that's just terrible. They lose Stone Simmons. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten off to a terrible start. They, they got off to a terrible start in SEC play. They lost to Georgia two out of three. They've been swept at home by LSU. They were lucky. Mm-hmm. And to, I say lucky. They got hammered the first. So that's, but that's what I was going. The, the the Auburn series with them, they were four and eight. You know what they did on Thursday night instead of just withering away in the ninth inning? They stole a game where they played like crap. Yep. Auburn should have won that game. Yeah, they they fought their tails off. You know what they did in the ninth inning on Saturday? Yes. Put down a run after they had blown a lead. They get a guy in the scoring position, get the hit to tie the game, and Auburn's kid makes a hell of a play and throws the kid out at the plate. Nobody in Star – I can tell you this. Nobody in Star – well, I get it. They just won a national title and all that. Nobody is in Star Bowl's question of whether their kids are playing hard or not. I can promise you that. And they, they have won one more game than Ole Miss. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I was getting, like, the, the, the same type of deal. Look, they got swept against State – excuse me, at home against LSU, and it wasn't great. But they couldn't get anybody out. The LSU offense came to life. And State had a really bad weekend at the plate. And they're an average offense, and they've had some struggles pitching-wise. But, like, they go up and get kind of hammered the first two games out of Arkansas. And, you're like, from the position they were in at that time, I can't remember their exact record, but they really – we were doing a podcast during this final Sunday game. They couldn't afford to get swept up there. And they nope. took out and won a game in extra innings to avoid getting swept. And that's just, like, kind of the antithesis of what this Ole Miss team is. State's not very good. Um, their Friday night starter has three starts on the year. Do you know what he did last week? He gave them five innings and gave them a chance. Like, Cade Smith is not a Friday night guy. So, like, whatever on-field baseball issues you want to make for Ole Miss, guess who's not hearing that? The guy that lost the, – the team that lost two weekend starters to Tommy John is that all kinds of other moving parts, too, and just figured it out. Preston Johnson is a decent Saturday guy for them. He moved over to Fridays, gave it a hell of an effort, just certainly not good enough. Guess what he did last week? Gave them six innings in the Friday game to secure a series win they absolutely had to win. And then the Sunday kid, um, I may have mixed up my Smiths. It was either Brandon or Cade Smith. Gave them six innings of yeah. hit baseball to give them a chance to sweep. Like it's, and guess how many of those dudes were projected to be on the weekend of the year? I guess technically two, 
but not in the close to the order or the role that they were going to be in. Yeah, it's just they fight their guts out. Um, and that's what's, I guess, probably going to be discouraging when you look back at this. Like, look, Ole Miss is – I'll say it. Ole Miss is probably at this point uh, a little bit more talented than Mississippi State, but one team is never going to lay down, and one team lost 13-3 to to Southeast Missouri yesterday. Um, I don't know. It's I, – I, I keep saying this. I'm glad they play Mississippi State this weekend because we'll know. If you can't get fired up to play Mississippi State, if you can't play hard because it's Mississippi State, and you, you're just not going to play hard anymore, and this is going to end poorly. Um, but if 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 this is the weekend that they decide, hey, uh, I'm sick of this crap, we're going to go win two games, we're going to go win a game on Tuesday in Pearl, and we're going to put ourselves back in it. Well, if that's going to happen, it's it's this weekend. It's it's I know we said it last weekend, but it is literally now or never for this team at this point. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's, it's, you make a good point. It really has little to do with the kind of on-field part of it and matchups and everything. Um, in that sense, it's, it's going to be a perfect mirror image into the character of this team. And I feel like we already have like a fairly clear view of it, but if there's any opaqueness remaining about what this team's DNA is, Mississippi State's going to make that crystal clear because guess what they're still doing? They're still fighting for their NCAA tournament life a year you know, on the heels of a national title where they return a decent amount of the lineup, their pitching rotation is fairly new. They've already lost two guys. You talk about a team that actually probably had an excuse to fold it in and just think, yeah, like, whatever, we'll try to regroup next year, even though it's probably a rebuilding year. But, like, you know, this just isn't it for us. Not them. They're still fighting for the NCAA tournament lives. And they're six and nine in the league. And if Ole Miss had still won, if Ole Miss had won two games in Columbia last weekend, Ole Miss is still fighting for its NCAA tournament life this weekend. Like, there's still the margin for error slim. And that's exactly where State is because they have a worse RPI. And yet we're talking about team two teams with totally different perceived mindsets, which I think is telling. So I think you're right. I think it's going to give a perfect glimpse of, you know, is this team actually going to end this way? Is this actually who this team is from a kind of soul of the team standpoint? And, I mean, how heavy of a favorite is yes, minus 250? Yeah. Do, you, do you anticipate this to go well? I, I hope I'm proven wrong. I'll, I'll say this. Continue this I'll content machine, but geez. I'm not betting on I'm not betting on no. So um I don't know. I I I think I've decided how I'm going to pick this weekend. I guess we could pick like since they're gonna play four games in a row and technically from a conference standpoint, they all count. Um I guess we could pick it that way. Sure. Over on you just want to set it over under one and a half. Under. I'm under two. And if we're wrong. I, th- I think the ones this weekend, and then I think they lose on Tuesday. I think you're right. And then it's over with. I can't, I can't see a scenario. I can't see a scenario where they get swept this weekend. And they decide, you know what, by God, this is enough. We're going to play Mississippi State well on Tuesday. Yeah. They get swept this weekend. They're losing on Tuesday. I mean, it's – yeah, no, I'm with you. And it's uh, it's something. I guess to give a little tiny piece of the baseball part of it, you know, it's pretty average rotation. State is a pretty yep. run-of-the-mill um, – pretty run-of-the-mill. It's Alabama. As, yeah, it is. You're, that's a great comparison. They're about as run-of-the-mill as they come. Um, and, like, they're pretty much middle of the pack in every offensive category. They've been a bad pitching staff but have kind of figured it out. Their starting pitching has been a little better. I still have some questions about their bullpen. And so this is ripe for the taking for Ole Miss. This is a very, very winnable series, but – Again, we keep saying I don't love their chances to do it. Um, I don't really know what else to say from like a matchup standpoint. It is what it is. What did you make of him going ahead and announcing the rotation? Oh, uh, it's funny. Uh, Hunter Elliott is good enough to be your Friday starter, game two starter, but not good enough to pitch with the season on the line in Columbia. Uh, funny how that works. I wonder, can I get a travel roster this weekend? Can I get – I know it's not a travel, but can I get a roster this weekend? I'd like to see if not the posture is in it. Can somebody – just if, if you're if you're out there and you're no way to access the travel roster, please just let me know if not the posture is on it. Basically, you're asking will he be in shorts or baseball pants? Yeah, yeah, because uh, I'm not going. Um, I have think I've got games on Thursday and Saturday. I'm going somewhere else on Friday. Uh, just somebody let me know if Knoxville posture is wearing baseball pants, please. And so on top of that, I guess to get into some sort of like actual news and notes from it, as I think I mentioned earlier, as we were kind of discussing the the 
debacle that was Tuesday night. Ole Miss was without three pitchers on Tuesday night. Gaddis is still dealing with the hamstring injury. Doherty uh, had a death. Hold on, hold on. Watch, watch burn. Oh, what I say? Gaddis, my bad. Yeah. Um, Washburn had a death in the uh, – God, I'm all over the place today. Washburn has a hamstring injury. <laughs> uh, Gaddis looked like – oh, Gaddis had an appendectomy, and then Jack Doherty had a uh, death in the family. Yeah. And so, it the way Chase made it sound, it does not sound like either Gaddis – I've never had an appendectomy, but, you know, when they cut you open, I doubt you're going to be in any shape to pitch. Um, a couple of days later, sounds like Washburn's hamstring injury is dealing with it. And so, like, they're going to be down two pitchers. Do you make anything of them being without um, Washburn and Gaddis? I'm going to say something that's probably not very nice. Um, they all, just for, for outside of – and he struggled lately – outside of Brandon Johnson and Dylan Belusha, they're all the same guy to me. So, like, I, I hate that those guys are injured. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of their injury. Uh, but outside of maybe Washburn and Elliott and, and um, you know, uh, or excuse me, uh, Elliott and, and Dylan Blush and Brandon Johnson and, and Jack Doherty, uh, they're, they're, they're kind of all the same dude to me. So I don't really – I'll be honest, I don't think it makes a massive difference. Um, you're gonna, th- th- those two guys and, and Washburn and Gaddis are guys that are unproven, and you're going to fill them with guys that are unproven, and, and you hope those guys get the, get, get the outs. I don't – Maybe I'm crazy. I don't necessarily think those two guys are massive, massive losses just because, I mean, they haven't performed overly well on the weekends either. I don't either. And you're coming off a weekend where the pitching, I wouldn't say, was A-plus or superb by any ways outside of Dylan Delusia, who was incredible on Thursday night, as we've talked about ad nauseum. It's just going to come down to – like, it didn't matter last week. The offense was terrible. So I think the similar story is going to be this weekend because I don't think State's a very potent offense. I think they're certainly better than South Carolina and Ole Miss will have to be, you know, as sharp or sharper on the mound. But they're going to have to score runs, and that's the way they're going to win this series. I know that's dynamite analysis and why everyone listens to this podcast, but you get what I'm getting at. They're going to have to have a better collective approach at the plate that involves moving the baseball more and not relying on Jacob Gonzalez or Tim Elko to hit a ball 400 feet and that be your entire source of your offense. And that, to me, is going to be the story of this weekend. And, you know, as we tie everything back to the kind of you know, effort and checking in, checking out part of it, I think that part of it will be somewhat telling in that regard as well as how locked in are they. I don't know. What do you think the key to the series is to have the most canned radio content of all time? Uh, play. I, I'll say this. I'll say it like this. I think they need to get off to a good start. Um, I'll I know say, you're telling me when this team is down and out, you don't like their chances to respond? Well, I, this is a literal st- – I don't know if I said this on Sunday. If they've fallen behind since the first game of the SEC series against – or the SEC season against Auburn, if they have fallen behind in an SEC game, do you know how many games they have won? I'm going to say zero. That would be zero. They have won zero games after going behind except for the first one. So – uh yeah, they need to start fast and get some confidence. I just wish, like, for whatever reason, they can go put up a four spot in the first inning against Mississippi State and say, hey, we're here. We're going to play, um, and, and we're going to figure this thing out. Um, if, if, you know, they could just go, how you know, bench get a single and, and, and Gonzo hit a ball to the gap and maybe Elko hit a ball over the wall and it's three to nothing. And it's like, okay, just, just somebody let them take a breath. Um, and, and, and maybe get some guys energized. That, that's kind of the thing to be. Just somebody start this thing off and, and, and let them just, you know, let, let, let everybody chill out. Um, and, and, you know, because I think if that can happen, then maybe they can get to this weekend. But, you know, it's to the point where, you know, it's going to have to happen because, like I said, like you said, this team, once they get down, they, they, they struggle. And, uh, you know, if Mississippi State, God forbid, you come out and you look up after the third inning, Mississippi State's up three to one. You better hold on to your butts. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it. I'll throw another stat at you. I think I texted you this the other day. Um, I pretty much confirmed this. There's a chance that I messed something up, but I'm almost positive. Actually, I'm 100% positive. I did this three times. An opposing starter has set a career high for length, how long they've gone in a game in every single SEC week against them. Now, Chase, that requires a little context because Chase Burns is a freshman. But for a guy that's dominated most people, it's still the longest he's gone in a game is Ole Miss. But, I mean, there's been some bad pitchers. Darren Williams 
the kid from Kentucky who's like the Eastern Kentucky transfer. He hasn't pitched since. I don't know if that's an injury thing. Well, 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 he's having Tommy John. Oh, so he had I, so that would make sense. He I figured it was an injury thing at that point, but guess what? That was by far the longest he'd gone. They've had a, a, a opposing starter go a career high in length against him every single SEC week. That seems not great. I think he's having common John. I could be wrong with that, but he he's definitely injured. But yeah, no, that's definitely not a good stat. Um, yeah, it's uh it's bad right now. It's it's man, just to think about where this offense was 365 days ago to where it is now is kind of like breathtaking. Yep, it really, really is. I don't really know much else to say about it. Let's just make our picks and get out of here and prepare for what is probably an obituary on Sunday, even though we probably just – I mean, look, if we, if we didn't shovel dirt on them in this podcast, we certainly dug the uh, dug the hole. Um, let's see. All right, let's make our picks. Auburn, South, Auburn is hosting South Carolina. Auburn. Uh, Auburn wins three. I believe um, in Auburn. I'm going with you on the Auburn three as well. They had a tough weekend at state last week. They probably have a pretty bad taste in their mouth. Um, and I don't think South Carolina is very good. So I'm going Auburn three. What's so Auburn's they, record? Do you, do you know their SEC record? So they were seven and five after 12 games. That means they're eight and seven. Eight and seven. So if they, that'd be 11 and seven. They'd be in really good, uh, really good shape to host region. I hope Auburn wins a lot of games. No reason. Just hope they win a lot of games. No reason at all? Mm-mm. Okay. No um, <laughs> Florida hosting Tennessee. Uh, some really terrible news out of Gainesville. Another SEC arm goes down. Hunter Barco's out yeah. with the elbow. Do you buy into the 20 – and I know Barco was a freshman uh, last year, so it doesn't really matter. But but he didn't pitch in 2020 in high school. Do you buy into any, like, taking a whole year off and in, 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 in kind of messing kids' arms up? Because I've never seen this many arm injuries. I saw somebody present that theory on Twitter today. I think it's impossible not to buy into it. Chase and Neil actually, when a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to their show on the way home from work, sitting in traffic, and they uh, talked about it. And Chase made a good point where even though those kids, like you mentioned, where Barco is a freshman, so he wasn't in college, they're on their own throwing and doing their own yeah. stuff. And I get they have coaches and stuff like that. But I guess what I'm saying is, yes, I think it's impossible not to yeah. believe in that to some degree because – you know, pitchers are so routine heavy and it's so strict about like their arm regimen and things like that. Uh, I would say a global pandemic, no matter what you're doing or where they were, would throw them out of that. And now you're seeing all these arm injuries and really the first completely normal season since I'm, I'm, yes, I think that absolutely had something to do with it. I think it would be kind of naive to say it didn't. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, just from, I mean, you miss time, you, you do different things. Yeah, it's, uh, I think we're starting to see it didn't really happen much last year. Obviously, Gunnar gets hurt, but you know, it didn't didn't see this rash of arm injuries like we're starting to see this year for sure. Uh, so where are you going here? I mean, I guess Tennessee takes two. I think Florida uh, Tennessee takes three. Oh, okay, there we go. Uh, Vanderbilt at Kentucky. Vanderbilt takes three. I'll go Vanderbilt takes two just because I don't think they're that good. I don't think Kentucky's very good, but I don't know if Vanderbilt's good enough to sweep. Kentucky's down all three weekend starters at this point. I mean, they all had six ERAs when Ole Miss played them. So, um, well, the kid on Saturday didn't. The one that's hurt now was really good. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I Kentucky's obviously not very good right now. But um, I think Vanderbilt's starting to figure it out because I think they're starting to turn into like the team that instead of having just uh, prospects, they're starting to turn into college baseball players. So I, I, I think they're about to get really high. Alabama hosting Georgia. Alabama wins too. I think Alabama wins too as well, um, particularly with Georgia down its Friday night guy. Um, what is Alabama's record? I, I literally just memory hold what they did last week. I don't week. know, but it's pretty good. Yeah, they're That's good. They oh, they, they they lost two or three at Tennessee, but they took a game and first SEC yeah. lost. Not getting swept up there is kind of a uh, – kind so of. A they w. would be what, nine and six? Are they nine and six? They are – Eight and seven. Eight and seven. Um, I wouldn't mind saying Alabama wins some games this year. Again, no reason. I think they, uh, I think they take two as well. Um, I mean, I guess we kind of already did. State Ole Miss. Ole Miss uh, loses two on the weekend and then loses on Tuesday. That's my gut. I'll go Ole Miss loses three. <laughs> LSU, like all, all, all three this weekend. Yes. Um, so they're going to lose on Tuesday. Oh God. Uh, yeah, probably. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, who cares? Like, congrats. Yeah, I think this is the first time. I'll be honest. I think this is the first time I have picked Ole Miss to lose a series. So, maybe uh, this gets it turned around. Yeah, and if I'm wrong, like, throw it in my face. I don't care. I mean, what would be worse? Yeah, Austin, yeah. What would be worse, tweeting Austin Anderson after you won a road series at Kentucky or tweeting a 5-6 <laughs> podcaster after you beat State at home with your season on the line? Bring it on. So, LSU hosts Missouri. LSU wins two. I think LSU wins two in a hard-fought series. A&M hosting Arkansas. Arkansas wins two in a hard-fought series, my pick. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'll go there. Um, that is our picks. That is our show. Who's, who's, Louis, who's Louisville plays this weekend? Oh, I think there's for fun. I don't know. Funny you should ask. They play – they host NC State. They host NC State. I'm going to I'm gonna say the Cardinals probably win too. I'm gonna you should have had a bomb threat at one of their games. Yeah, that was wild. They're, and that was a really important game. I believe they were playing North Carolina in a uh, – They back and won it. Yeah, they did. Uh, I hope that didn't give any message boarders any ideas. Because you know that thing originated on a message board. Oh, really? And they were down at the time, yeah. What is wrong with people? Yeah, I really, really hope that uh, that doesn't give any message boarders that. Take Quake. Would Ole Miss be excited if the game got canceled because of a threat like that? <laughs> like, Louisville had to come back. Ole Miss would be like, no, no, uh-uh. We're done. Yeah, like sorry, I, I, I'm sorry. This was you know Kudzu Reb four twenty sixty nine just putting something on a message board, but you can't be too safe. Um, so it's, it's actually is four twenty. I don't know if you knew that or not. It is. It is four twenty. Um, so I don't know. I hope Ole Miss isn't celebrating it. Well, actually, maybe they should not. <laughs> I was gonna say, huh? We're about to get down a bad road. <laughs> Happy uh, four twenty one to the fine people listening to this. This has been the Rippy Rights Podcast. I appreciate the time, my friend. We will talk to you Sunday in some capacity. Um, I look forward to it regardless because I think it'll be fun for us, but we'll see what yeah, happens. Yeah, we'll know one way or the other at that point, right? Oh, I think that will be – people will be tuning in, and other than some hot boards, that might be the end of it. So uh, we will talk to you on Sunday, my man, and uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. All right. Sounds good, buddy. All right. That's our show. If you made it to the end, I appreciate you making us a uh, part of your day. Um, you're probably in a bad mood after listening to that podcast. Don't really blame me there. Like I said, we've got some different stuff on the horizon for the podcast, uh, assuming this goes the way we all think it's going to go this weekend. We'll also be back to a normal three-week three week schedule uh, next week. These Thursday-Saturday series have kind of thrown a wrench in things and the fact that I've been traveling um, the last three Fridays or last three Thursday afternoons. You get the point. They've kind of made the uh, pod schedule a little different. So we got some different things in the works, some NFL draft. I, uh, I've got some uh, different stuff besides baseball on the horizon. So I think you guys will enjoy that. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, I've got a couple of new, got a new sponsor potentially coming on. If you want to sponsor the uh, show, I'll be honored to stumble through an ad read for you. So uh, keep that in mind. Got that on the horizon. Y'all have a great end of your weekend. Colin and I will talk to you on Sunday night.